0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam, the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, the Ghost of Heron Hall, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, the Mother of Cats, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Kendall of House Taylor, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Lord Hunter the Foulmouthed, Captain of the Guard, Sir Dustin the Rooster Knight, Captain of the Guard, Sir Ron of House Golson, Captain of the Guard, and Lady Amanda, Captain of the Guard.
1: Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our
0: Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Chapter 56, Tyrion 7 of Game of Thrones, and many more of your Season 8 Ravens.
1: Yeah, Sir Ezra, it feels great to be back. Yeah, back into the books, my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, is it's... fantastic. It has been a little bit, but it is nice to finally return back to the books. Obviously, covering season eight was a ton of fun. We gained uh, a ton of new followers. Uh, For those of you who are kind of listening and being like, oh, it's the reread. Uh, If you haven't, if you're not caught up or you don't feel comfortable, you don't want things spoiled. All you have to do is go back to previous episodes and uh, you can start all the way from beginning at episode one. And we'll see you when you get here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for those of you who are just going to follow along right here. Welcome. This is about where we're at. We're at uh, chapter 56. So we're almost done with the first book. Uh, There's a quite I would say the first book isn't it doesn't have as many differences once you get to book two and three is when things split up from the from the show. And then obviously, who knows uh, when books six, uh, (laughs) six and seven come out, (laughs) if they're anything like the show. Yeah. Uh, So kind of a weird position, but that's where we're at. And uh, we're going to keep diving deep into these books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I I, we, I was just prepping for the show and I was like, man, oh my gosh, like just thinking about all the little minor characters that pop up, you know, it's just, right. it's nuts. This mountain clan that we're dealing with here and stuff. It's mm-hmm. uh, just a lot of details that we, we, we lose in the show. And uh, it's just the nature of of the adaptation. But so, yeah, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and Surzer and I are going to be doing, uh, we posted a schedule in the group of uh, Patreon content that we're going to be doing. We're actually going to be doing a, 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 a an entry-level Patreon um, episode we don't normally do for, for that tier. But it's going to be a, we're calling it a show watcher's guide to the books. And we're just going to start breaking down a lot of these, basically a, a gu- help guide. Uh, who are a lot of these characters? What are some big differences uh that should kind of bring everyone up to speed if you if you just watch the show uh because as we do ravens at the end of the show there will be will be from all over the place we'll be talking about characters like val and Mm -hmm. lady stoneheart and um you know there's some differences with vance raider and young griff and john connington and uh, septa lamore and who are some of these characters i'm I'm unfamiliar with if you're a show watcher so uh stay tuned for that. And that should uh, make things quite a bit easier. I would say an easier entry point. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. I, I wanted to mention as well. So that's on, that's on patreoncom forward slash bend the knee. Uh, the whole schedule June through December is up there for each of the tiers. So it's, it's fantastic. Right. Um, the, it, it's also it, just to, I really want to sell this because it's, it's so neat to the way we've designed it. Uh, like at the one, dollar tier you we've got the entry you know a show watchers guide to the books and whatever characters we discuss uh, will then cover in our green dream and then even more so in our musing and we're going back to the tourney at Harrenhal which I think is fantastic so it's a little bit of history but it's also uh, it's sort of what we think is going on there we've got a couple uh, reddit thoughts and theories on what's happening at the tourney at Harrenhal so it's fantastic uh I just wanna, you know, get everyone amped and, and ready to go for that. We're starting that in July. Uh in June we're kinda interdu- introducing a couple uh just major characters
1: that are not in the shows, like Lady Stoneheart and so on. So mm-hmm. yeah. should be no it's fun. gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be great. Uh and I'm really looking forward to doing it. Yep. Absolutely. So So all right, Sir Ezra, you know, it has been uh some time here. let's see if we can dust off some some rust. <laughs> uh, and, and see exactly, uh, what it is here. So, um, let's go ahead and head down over to small council. This is kind of where Sir Ezra and I just kind of catch up, maybe talk some channel news. So we're kind of already in it right now. Uh, but how have you been Sir Ezra? Man, i tell you, I,
0: the month of May about killed me, uh, <laughs> the combination of like the end of the school year and the show, we were so busy, uh, just with collaborations. And we even had, just other things that we're doing on Patreon, other projects, and uh, I am so glad that it's June and I'm ready for summer. So we, we've got more content. We're just gonna keep. I'm back in the books, you know, pouring over the. Um, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm actually right now. I'm in a Dance of Dragons, and I'm reading in Game of Thrones, which is really kind of weird, but it just feels good to be back and getting refreshed uh, because I was so consumed with the show. But uh, yeah, overall, doing well, uh, busy, but. Ready to go, man. Ready for it to be summer and just to kind of relax and get back into the swing of things here with the with the book club. So how about you,
1: man? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm good. Same with you. I felt like the entire season eight for us was a sprint with just the amount of content we were pushing out, um, trying to stay up with the news, uh, re-watching the episodes because I watched it and then I would watch it again after it came out. So I felt, I felt prepped for our follow-up Friday show. Mm-hmm. Um, and whew, man, then I went on, then I had like two weddings I went to and I just, uh, got back from San Diego last weekend. So it's been a big sprint. I'm ready for things to kind of calm down a little bit and, uh, get back to yeah. kind of a, a normal pace. Um, so it's going to be nice going back to our, our one reread chapter <laughs> a week. Uh, right. and so we're going to be funneling in, uh, some more Ravens, uh, to keep up with that. Cause I think everyone really enjoyed follow up Friday. So, uh, and I'm looking forward to the next Raven's nest, which sir, Ezra and I have been planning, we want to do your season eight, um, and I guess the series and whole, the uh, just kind of reactions. So mm-hmm. yep. similar to probably what we did last time where we did that mid season, uh, we'll just kind of everyone give everyone, uh, uh, you know, a segment just to kind of think what they, what they thought and just uh kind of go around Robin from from there but yeah i'm actually anxious to hear for, people's looking, thoughts yeah right? looking forward to that
0: yeah cuz we it's been wh- that was after the long night that we heard from our panderman and uh, i have seen some stuff in the facebook group but i really want to know what they think about the ending so <laughs> looking forward to getting their their voices on the podcast and that'll probably be what do you, what do you think like mid june in the next couple
1: Probably in the next couple of weeks, yeah, we'll get that organized and and set up. Yeah.
0: Okay. So stay tuned. We'll we'll post something in the group. We were gonna have the date uh by the recording of this, but we just, you know, jumped
1: into it, so we'll we'll figure it out. Right. Um okay. So uh for people that ask us all the time, where can we follow you on social media? You can follow me anywhere on the internet at Super bros or Ezra, where can people follow you? Uh
0: yeah, at WampRet underscore two M. Check out the Twitter there. We've uh Um, I've got an I had an Instagram it'll be back later I don't know guys sometimes I have to take a break from things so (laughs) find me on Twitter uh, come chat Mm -hmm. with me there but uh, yeah and then Sir Matt are we gonna I mean we've also been really busy with another project as well too I thought we could
1: it's it's true yes hyperspace hangout Uh, it's our we're doing a Star Wars podcast the entire show is going to run to the format that we've been doing follow up Friday um, so I think it's going to work really well. Sir Ezra and I are, uh, did about eight hours of <laughs> network work, as, as we <laughs> yeah. call it, since now that we're running um, two shows. And uh, I think it's going really well. And actually, it's the, the, thi- the, the thing I like about it running more than one one project is you get to try something on mm-hmm. one show and see what you like. And yeah, yeah. then you can kind of okay, let's adapt this to this because I think our fans here would like this, and I think so. Right there's uh, you get that trial and error, and I think it's I think it's kind of cool. So stay tuned. We have a we have quite a bit of um, things in in the work here at at, at Bend the Knee. So yeah, uh, I'm really really excited for kind of our future here. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Now that you know you know now that we're, the, the the show is over, obviously we'll have the prequel next year, Blood Moon. I think is so far the working title, but. Um, yeah we're still just still just hoping we can beat out you know the winds of winter will come up before we get to it so yeah (laughs) yeah for sure oh my gosh (laughs) could you imagine
0: wow so all right cool cool so yeah make sure you check out the projects and stay tuned for for more updates here just with us because uh yeah that patreon is, is ramping up and we just have some really fun cool things planned and even more collaborations over the summer uh gosh there's ice and there's dragon con coming up as well too so yeah, we'll be we'll be digging
1: into all that good stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, OK, well, let's go ahead and dive into our reread. Uh, the last chapter we read, Sir Ezra seemed like many weeks ago mm-hmm. was Catlin 8, where Catlin and Sir Brendan Tully had met Rob's army at Kalen, accompanied by the host from House Manderley. Uh, in private, Catlin helped Rob refine his war plans and explains to him that they have no option but to win. Or die. Rob decides to go south in support of Riverrun with a feint down the King's Road to keep Lord Tywin's forces occupied. This week we are in Tyrion Seven, but the last time we were with Tyrion and Tyrion Six, Tyrion and Bronn had decided to make a camp on the high road. Tyrion wanted to make a fire, but Bronn protest protested that it will bring the Vale Mountains clans down on them. Tyrion sees no point in trying to avoid the clans, and Bronn gives in At, as Tyrion. P- Plans the stone crows arrive and T- Tyrion negotiates an agreement This week Tyrion seven Tyrion meets his father's armies At the inn at the crossroads Escorted by 300 vale mountain Clansmen Tyrion and Lord Tywin are discussing their war plans When Tyrion's clansmen burst in But Tywin handles them coolly When news arrives that Rob Stark's Host is advancing Tywin offers Rich rewards to the clansmen If they fight for him mm.
0: Wow Man, this this is uh, it, it was kind of a, an interesting chapter for us to jump back in on because uh, it, th- things are heating up in that last chapter. When we're at Moat Kalen, uh, Rob is mm-hmm. is in charge. You know, it's it it's on him. Uh, Catelyn was was really trying to test him. Right. And, and see, you know, you've you've got a command. You've got a lead. And we actually see some of the effects of that in this chapter uh, right at the very end with with Tywin and how yeah. he's going to handle
1: uh, the young wolf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll start uh, as I normally do, and I'll read uh, about just I usually read about the opening paragraph. Uh, Challa, daughter of Chick and the, of the Black Ears, had gone ahead to scout, and it was she who brought back word of the army at the crossroads. By their fires, I call them 20,000 strong, she said. Their banners are red with a golden lion. Your father, Bronn asks, or my brother Jamie, Tyrion said. We shall so- we shall know soon enough. <laughs>
0: Man, and to think we're back at the, the inn at the crossroads, mm-hmm. right? Right. We'll have to Yeah talk about that so, more. Really. So
1: many events seem to go down there. Yeah. In the show, it's just like an open field, it's just an encampment where they end up meeting up. But I think it's really it's really cool that in the books it's the end of the crossroads. That's where uh, Arya and the Hound fight, mm-hmm. it's where Tyrion gets captured. Uh so, it's where so so Arya and the Hound fight. Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, how am I missing, how am I blanking on the guy's name right now? But it's where they have the the chicken scene, and oh, um, yeah, 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 and it's where Tyrion gets captured. So many events in the books though take place at at this inn at the crossroads. So uh, anyway, so they end up going uh, down to the encampment. Tyrion is bringing with him uh, quite a large. Uh, host of men. I think it's around 300 clansmen he brings with him From stone crows, moon brothers, black ears, and burn men, and those uh, just the seed of the army he hoped to grow. Gunther, son of Gurn, was raising the other clans even now. He wondered what his lord father would make of them in their skins and bits of stolen steel. If truth be told, he did not know what to make of them himself. Was he their commander or their captive? Most of the time, it seemed to be a little of both. It might be best if I rode down alone, he suggested. Uh, Best for Ty... Uh, best for Tyrion, son of Tywin, said Ulf, who spoke for the Moon Brothers. Uh, Shaga, Glout, a fearsome sight to see. Shaga, son of Dolph, likes this not. Shaga will go with the boy man, and if the boy man lies, Shaga will chop off his manhood and feed it to the goats. Yes, Tyrion said warily. <laughs> Shaga, I give you my word as a Lannister, I will return. Right. Yeah. You know what? I, and that's. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, like the fact that there's 300, I. you,
0: you kind of. I kind of forget that there's that many. That's actually a decent amount to be there with Tyrion in the show. We just see a couple of them kind of hanging out. It looks like there's like 10, I feel
1: like until right later on. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's how their relationship ends up ends up being for, uh, I would say the, uh, the entire time that we run across them. And it's funny because later when Tyrion takes them to, he takes them to King's landing when he's, uh, when he's handed the king and they're kind of his personal mm-hmm. uh his personal little 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 army
0: yeah yeah and i was trying to think of her name uh masha heddle right is is who yes the uh the innkeep there that we're gonna see who uh <laughs> her, her her red yeah. teeth stained teeth you know all that good stuff so she's she's dead mm-hmm. she is dead man
1: um yeah and um well, a lot of people die at the at the end of the crossroads, uh, mm-hmm. to say the, to, to say well, the least. Well, it's just kind of, you know,
0: it's like, man, this is her place. You know, remember Catelyn, like, remembered her as a young girl when she showed up there. And and this was, she was always kind of, she, she was kind. Tyrion almost, um, how when he sees her, it's like, eh, you shouldn't have, you know. I mean, all he wanted to do was, a, a, he just needed a place to stay and, you know, some some food, sit by the fire or whatever. I don't really think it's her fault. What's she supposed to do? You know, Catelyn Tully says, seize him, take him. And what's she going to do? I mean, right. So anyways, but she, she is, you know, killed for, for that. Yeah.
1: By, by time. Um, okay. So Tyrion and the Klansmen end up, uh, end up, end up riding, riding to the, to the camp. And then we just get a little bit of them, um, They're just kind of observing, making comments as they're riding. They end up ultimately uh, walking into uh, Tywin, Tywin Lannister's camp. But I I still just have some some more quotes here as they uh, write together. The Stonecrodes rode together and Chala and Ulf stayed close as well. The Moon Brothers and Black Ears had strong bonds between them. Timit, son of Timit, rode alone. Every clan in the mountains of the Moon feared the Burnmen who mortified their flesh with fire to prove their courage. Roasted babies at their feasts and even other burned men feared Timot, who had put his own left uh put out his own left eye with a white hot knife when he reached the age of manhood so i mean you can imagine this group <laughs> of uh you know uh wearing hides and, and probably yeah. rags as they're riding into this full lannister army uh encampment here i mean burned men. and then you know they burn their yeah. flesh like come on it's that's yeah it's crazy um, and then uh, Tyrion and Bronn having a, a little bit of a conversation here I wonder what their king burned off Tyrion said to Bronn when he heard the tale grinning the sellsword had tugged at his crotch but even Bron kept a respectful tongue around Timmit if a man was bad enough to put out his own eye he was likely he was unlikely to be gentle to his enemies <laughs> yeah very very uh very wise so again um they end up riding to the encampment um Tyrion uh, walks up who commands who commands here he shouted up the captain was quick to appear and even quicker to give them an escort when he recognized his lord's son they trotted to pass blackened fields and burned hold fats down to the riverlands the Greek fort. of the Titan Tyrion saw no bodies but the air was full of ravens and carrier crows there had been fighting here and recently mm. Um, they end up they end up riding up, and I believe one of the first people Tyrion sees uh, he sees uh, Sir Sir Flamet, mm-hmm. but uh, he ends up seeing uh, his uncle Kevin as well. Yeah, yeah. When they get uh, when they get in there,
0: so they recognize him as you say, and and uh, uh, take him to see his father, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So and this is
1: this is actually the this is the first time we're introduced in the books to Tywin Lannister. We've heard of him. Uh, but I think I think it's a pretty it's a pretty cool description here. Tywin Lannister, Lord of Castle Rock and Warden of the West, was in his middle 50s, yet hard as a man of 20. Even seated, he was tall with long legs, broad shoulders, a flat stomach. His thin arms were corded with muscle when his once thick golden hair had begun to recede. He had commanded his barber to shave his head. Lord Tywin did not believe in half measures. He razored his lips and chin as well but kept his side whiskers, two great thickets of wiry golden hair that covered most of his cheeks from ear to jaw. His eyes were a pale green, flecked with gold. A fool, more foolish than most, had once suggested that even Tywin's shit was fleckled with gold. Some said the man was still alive, deep in the bowels of Casterly Rock. Sir Kevin Lannister, his father's only surviving brother, wore a was uh, sharing a flag of a flagon of ale with Lord Tywin when Tyrion entered the common room. His uncle was portly and balding, with a close cropped yellow beard that followed the line of his massive jaw. Uh, and Sir Kevin sees him first, mm-hmm. so they end up having they end up uh, just kind of having having a conversation. Uh, sorry to disappoint you father Tyrion said no need to leap up and embrace me I wouldn't want you to strain yourself so immediately we're given that Tywin Tyrion uh, struggle between the two
0: yeah I mean it's that this is those one of those first indications right and uh, like it's it's crazy as we follow along with Tyrion the him having the mountain clans here it's it's I don't know I, I, I wonder if things don't go differently for Jamie later like what has is is Taiwan always looking for a way to, you know, I don't know, put his son in in harm's way, or what's the deal? You know, like like how much does he dislike him, and and how right. much? What's what's, I know I know he there's that disdain, but to what degree is he is he really? Because he's, he's at one point he's willing to put him in harm's way, and at the other he wants him to be handed the king. So
1: it's just it's <laughs> it's it's mm. crazy. I wonder. I I wonder. It's, it's so hard to tell with Tywin Lannister because there's uh, the scene in the show where Cersei is talking to Tywin and she says, you don't know, like the rumors are true, right? This is when she's having her kind of her struggle with him when she, he's telling her about, you know, you're going to marry Loras Tyrell. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes because we don't really ever know, did Tywin know? I would have to say yes. I would feel like Tywin Lannister would have to know whether he wants to refuse to believe, believe it or not. Because you have to start thinking, what is actually his plan? Was his plan for Robert Baratheon to die? Because how else would how else would how else would the Lannister how else would the Lannister name have carried on? Mm-hmm. if if not if not through Tyrion he i'm sure he would have had to have some sort of uh you know contingency plan to keep to keep his uh claim to the Lannister the seat oh i see going forward with with Jamie being part of the king's guard right and
0: that he's so upset about that you're right because it's they're Baratheons. yeah and that's that's the how how do you get the, how do you keep that Lannister even though it's Lannister blood uh but and they're they're in a position of being the next royals, um, all of his grandsons. Right. Right. But they're Baratheons. So yeah, what, what, uh, I wonder if that did kind of, uh, we, we know that he was, that was upset when the Mad King took, uh, Jamie Lannister into his service, but, but yeah, I mean, huh. Like, I mean, if if Tyrion can do his thing, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, it can
1: continue through Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, it, 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 unfortunately it doesn't, it doesn't happen. We don't see Tyrion have, have children, but. I mean, he wanted to, you know, the whole sad story just, is that like he was married. Uh, mm-hmm. It just, it just seems odd to me that Tywin would put Tyrion in harm's way now mm-hmm. when the, his when he doesn't have that, Jamie's set up, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, at this point though, he does know that Robert Baratheon's dead, and Joffrey is now king, so mm-hmm. it is possible. Oh, you think maybe? Okay, so, okay, well Maybe there's an uptick
0: in in putting his son in, in uh, at at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yeah. I mean, now that Robert is is out, and you have his own flesh and blood kind of s- sitting there as as king. They could do things like, um, like uh, t- Tywin wanted to kind of send Jamie back to the rock and have him. Th- the king can dismiss him from his service, you know, or could, uh, pardon him from, or whatever, uh, allow release him from his vow, if you will. That's maybe something Robert right. Baratheon wouldn't do,
1: I would think. So, yeah, yeah, okay. um, okay. Uh, so going forward, let's see. So they, they start, they start to have a conversation mm-hmm. and, uh, I really like this, uh, kind of you to go for, to war for me, Tyrion says, he, he said, as he climbed up into a chair and helped himself to a cup of his father's wines by my lights, it was you who started this Lord Tywin, uh, your brother, Jamie would never have meekly submitted to the capture at the hands of a woman. That's one way we differ, Jamie and I. He's taller as well, as you may have noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so I, I do think it's I do think it's funny. It is Tyrion's this. All this did start because of Tyrion. He he's the one who gets who does get captured at the end of the at the end at the crossroads. Sure. Yeah, by by yeah. Catelyn Stark and or Catelyn Tully, by the way. And um, your brother Jamie would never have meekly submitted to the capture at the hands of a woman. Which is just a funny line because
0: mm-hmm.
1: later he's he his captor is uh, Brienne of is Brienne of Tarth as mm-hmm. she's carrying him around.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's the meekly part too. It's sort of like what what
0: what's what's he supposed to do? It's just another way for him to mock uh, Tyrion, and it, it's
1: uh, you know I, yeah, I don't it's know. a jape. It's it's, like, a, it's a it's a jape. It's a jape of Tyrion, right? Um. Goes on. Hear me roar, Tyrion said, grinning. The Lannister words. Truth be told, none of my blood was actually shed, although it was a close uh, thing once or twice. Morik and Jik were killed. I suppose you'll be wanting some new men. Don't trouble yourself, father. I've acquired a few of my own. Right. <laughs> Quite a few.
0: <laughs> Quite a few. Yeah. And actually, Braun being that that it's
1: Bron's worth two to three of those Lannister men that were with him, mm-hmm. and he's he's figured that well, out. He, and he talks about Braun a little bit and about how Braun's allegiance has changed two or three times since he's met. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, and so they're they're really they're having they're having a, a conversation, and eventually um, one of the clansmen uh, will the will will burst will burst in the room. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until then, a, a couple more things I have highlighted here. Things had gotten interesting while he'd been away, Tyrion reflected. And what is this fearless monarch doing whilst all the butcher's work is being done? He wondered, how has my lovely and persuasive sw- sister gotten Robert to agree to the imprisonment of his dear friend, Ned? Robert Baratheon is dead, his father told him. Your nephew reigns in King's Landing. That did take Tyrion back. My sister, you mean, is the one who's ruling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing how... He, so So, yeah, he doesn't necessarily... Uh, know everything that's happened because of his capture and being up in the sky cells and stuff. But one thing I wanted to go back to is that uh, Tywin does go to war because of this. Is it really about Tyrion? As he says, you know, just and I'm sorry I'm backing up here, but I'm wondering, is it because of his that the name Lannister is at stake and he has to do something or did is this an opportunity that he's been waiting for? Like it was, was, was yeah. he, was he planning for something and, and this comes along and well, okay, now we're, we're, we're going to go out. I, I just kind of wonder,
1: uh, well, whether it was it's, more, it's interesting because it, again, as we talk about perspective, yeah, um, we do not see the perspective from Tywin Lannister in, in the, in the books or the show about this war. Um, and, and, and when it starts, because it starts roughly the same time as Ned Stark is imprisoned. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. difficult to say. Did he did he do it because of Tyrion? My guess would be yes. Yeah, that's what he says. But it's what he says, and and there's rumblings of him gathering men before beforehand. But it's just everything kind of hap All of these these pieces kind of take place right at once. Mm-hmm. And so if if Tywin were to figure out that he is alive, well, Rob Stark's already declared war essentially but if you were to if you were to have known earlier it is possible word travels relatively fast um is it possible as as you said that he sees this position as a position to possibly take out some starks some stark men and gain gain favor in the north mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's also yeah, like that. The, the key we were just talking about Robert's death and them not knowing it—it it is everything. Perfect storm happening, right? Uh, so the opportunities are all there, and if and if Edard uh, is uh, not necessarily out of the way, but imprisoned or, or or what have you, then you're facing down a young wolf. You're facing down this untested uh, boy from the north, who you think you can beat if you're if you're Tywin, right? right? So. Yeah, I think it's op- opportunity
1: and the Lannister name is, is, uh, is at stake. Is at stake. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, next point here, this is, this is, uh, especially for you, Sir Ezra. Mm-hmm. Tyrion made a tisking sound, the gall of them fighting back. Ordinarily, I'd be glad to punish such rudeness, father. But the truth is I have pressing business elsewhere. Do you, Lord Tywin, did not seem odd. We also have a pair of Ned Stark's afterthoughts making a nuisance of themselves by harassing my foraging parties. Beric Dondarrion, some young lordling with delusions of valor. He has that fat jape of a priest with him, the one who likes to set his sword on fire. Do you think you might be able to deal with them as you scamper off without making too much of uh, of a botch of it? Wow.
0: I mean, I mean, there he is, friends. Barryton Darian out doing the, uh, just, following through. I mean, this is what you know. Eddard Stark's command. The the, the king sent him out after the mountain, uh, to bring him in, to bring him to justice. And he's he's still out there, just just doing his mm. thing. It's it's fantastic. And this is the the forming the forming of the Brotherhood without banners, and it's uh, mm-hmm. gonna grow. And this
1: is how, and this is how in the, in the books you uh you hear of these tales and a lot of things are actually told to us this way in in the books is hearsay and Mm -hmm. that a lot of how we hear about beric dendarian is well we heard beric dendarian later uh we heard we heard he died here no we heard he died here Uh, No, i heard he died here and there's some and there's truth to all of those yeah yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and this is and this is kind of how it begins. This Beric and Darien guy uh, is out is out fighting, and so but with, that's that's with how with a red priest. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as we go forward, we'll hear we'll hear more of those. There's we heard of Beric and won another battle, or uh, he died here. So that's that's just how how it going forward. We'll have similar similar scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, so then Tyrion uh, starts talking to Tywin again, telling him what he needs. He, he needs armaments for his his men. And uh, as he's requesting these things, the door behind him opened with a crash so violently that Tyrion almost dropped his cheese. Sir Kevin leapt up, swearing, as the captain of the guard went flying across the room to smash against the hearth. As he tumbled down into the cold ashes, his lion helm askew, Shagga snapped the man's sword in, in two over a thick knee, A knee, thick as a tree trunk, threw down the pieces and lumbered into the common room. He was preceded by his stench, riper than the cheese and overpowering (laughs) in closed space. Little red cape, he snarled. When next you bear steel on Shaga, son of Dolph, I will chop off your manhood and roast it in the fire. (laughs) And so that's essentially um, really how, how this chapter, how this chapter in a way kind of ends is they come in, they kind of demand some just demand essentially what they're owed, uh, which is weapons and, and things like that. And Tywin offers them the opportunity to fight for them. Mm -hmm. And he'll promise he promises them, them more to it. And that's, uh, how Tyrion aids, what will be this, this battle that's about to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the Lannister uh, always pays his debts. Right. And, uh, he, was able to talk his way out of uh they were going to kill him back in the vale and he, he talks as, yeah. so he's got to fulfill this promise and and give them uh weapons and uh armor and different things like that uh they remember earlier on too they were concerned about their horses <laughs> not wanting to give their horses up and stuff they're just such a strange you know backward group and it's it's bizarre to see them um they're almost like we said this before kind of like wildlings really mhm they're they're, they're yeah, wildlings. They, yeah they are the mm-hmm.
1: the hill tribes or the, or the clansmen. they're yeah they're very much like um, like wildlings mm-hmm. and that's how a lot of the people view them mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're just, just, just essentially as wildlings
0: right because even among them
1: they have different clans and different things it's like, it's like a smaller version of uh, of. of the they wildlings. seem almost though they seem almost less civilized than wildlings we seem to meet far more civilized wildlings. Yeah, the the
0: mountain clans are are pretty uh they're they're pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So so you've got the you, what's what's cool is we've got two different factions. too. don't forget we've got the Northern Mountain Clans and we've got the Vale Mountain Clans. Uh so but uh, cuz you still have a, some pretty wild and crazy people in the uh Northern Mountain Clans as well, which we'll get that's, you know, books away, but uh yeah, the Vale Mountain Clans, man. Their <laughs> their culture is just uh it's it's backwards. They still at least understand the system of the Seven Kingdoms and and um, respects owed to. They know how it, how I guess the system operates, if if you will, but uh, mm-hmm. they believe that every person's voice is is important regardless of gender, which is interesting during their counselors. So 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 that's kind of unique. Women, men doesn't really matter. So that's whereas in our. Seven kingdoms system it's uh, men rule and and women do not but ironically in the mountain clans it doesn't matter uh, kind of the yeah. same with uh, with the wildlings so just just different they're poor people poor poor quality of weapons and armor uh, they raid villages and things but yeah yeah they're they, they also will cut your manhood off and they'll eat it they'll they'll fry
1: it they'll eat it, they'll kill. And they and they keep track of the amount of ears they take. Yeah, yeah, that's another, that's another crazy there is, uh There is uh, one last line I, I want to bring up here. Uh, may I, When Tyrion is introducing them, May I present my lord father, Tywin, son of Tytos of House Lannister, lord of Casterly Rock, warden of the west, shield of Lanishbor, and once and future hand of the king. Lord Tywin rose, dignified, and correct. Even in the west, we know the prowess of the warrior clans of the mountains of the moon. What brings you down from the strongholds, my lords? And then <laughs> they just say horses. But it's uh even even in a position where he's talking to people that are obviously inferior to him Tywin Lannister still plays the game uh as he's one of the best game of thrones oh <laughs> uh, yeah players players uh-huh. and so it's just another another cool scene with him uh where he <laughs> gives these people the time of day right right exactly yeah uh because uh, he he could have yeah. i mean He's smart enough to know, hey, these are these are guys who I'm going to put out on the front line and not waste my men. Exactly. Um, yeah. But if he wanted to, he could easily kill all 300 of these guys and say, all right, that w- enough of that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's something interesting, just some history
0: on the um, the Vale Mountain clans. So during the Andal invasion of Westeros, Andal's from Essos. Right. They come over. Uh, they conquered the Vale of Arryn. Uh, from the first men. They, so they took it from the first men. Well, some of the first men submitted to and intermarried with the Andals. And that was the big thing. Uh, the Andals kind of figured out that, you know, we'll, we'll marry with the first men and kind of get our seed in there. And that's, that's how we're kind of part of, part of their takeover. So, um, so they married with the Andals in the aftermath of the, of the battle of, of seven stars, but others refused to kneel. The first men who fled from the fertile veil uh, proper into the mountains of the moon and are the ancestors of the modern clansmen. So they're those first men who chose kind of not to uh, intermarry with, with the Andals mm-hmm. and, and things. So th- there's always that um, claiming uh, blood or descendancy from the first men, which I think is something that a lot of people want to make a claim towards. And the, the um, mountain clans uh, from, from the mountains of the moon, they can, they can make that claim pretty much. So, yeah,
1: Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So. uh, All right. Well, uh, that is our reread for the week. Uh, We have a couple of ravens to get into here, Sir Ezra. So I'm just going to go ahead and and dive in. Uh, We're still talking, I think, season eight. Yeah. uh, Is is where we're getting a lot of these ravens from. So this is uh, Lady Selina of House Beer. I hope I'm pronouncing (laughs) uh, both your first name and last name correct. That's what it looks like to me. That's awesome. Dear Sir Ezra the Watchful and Sir Matt the Bud Knight, thank you for the podcast discussions and taking in so many fan theories in my world of people who don't want to discuss theories. This was uh, my this was totally my escape. Much appreciated. I felt similarly to you that I didn't find the final episode bad per se, but I'm definitely feeling underwhelmed. With all of the airtime dedicated to Tyrion walking into the dungeons, talking to Jon, and the end of the epilogue, it felt like there was a lot of room to do more here. I'm writing to you to ask about Varys' ravens he allegedly sent. Do you think those never made it out of Dragonstone during the High Council slash trial of Tyrion? Did the lords and ladies uh, know the truth? And either Tyrion, Sansa, Arya, or Bran gave any indication that Jon should be king. In turn, Bran takes the throne, Sansa rules the north, Arya becomes captain of her own exploration ship, and Jon's position in exile seems to be some sort of leadership role. Is it just me or did the Starks just take over the world here? Was this foreseen by Bran as the best way to retain power for his house? Do we think the Starks feel like they've avenged their lost family members? Just a thought as it was an interesting coincidence that all the power in Westeros and possibly west of Westeros depending on Arya's motivation for exploration is now under the Stark rule. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. It's been a great ride with the show and now I'm turning to the books. Cheers Lady Selenia of House Beer. Yeah. Lady Selina. Wow. That's
0: awesome. Uh, so my, my, I just want to get something straight before I respond to this. When John is, is turned over, he, he's imprisoned by gray worm. But one of the things that the, he wants, gray worm wants to, he has, he's supposed to stand trial and they're going to, they're going to kill him. I mean, didn't he not lead like a mini, I guess he didn't really lead like a mini rebellion there. I don't know. It's, it's they call this great council and you feel like they, they could do anything. Couldn't they? They, they? they could pardon John, but they don't because Grey Worm won't have it and they don't want more conflict with the Unsullied. Right. So that's mm-hmm. what, 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 were, what were your thoughts on that? sir? Matt? I just want to get that straight, I guess, in my in my mind. As...
1: Yeah. So it seemed like Grey Worm has an army of Unsullied standing out and probably in King's Landing mm-hmm. and he's demanding justice. And if he doesn't get it, then more people could die. Gotcha. And probably yep. all, all tired. Ty- you know, all people. The people that are all very tired. The remaining people of King's Landing. Uh, they don't because it happens so fast. It's hard to really portray it in in a way that makes it seem uh, serious. Yes, yeah, like the or threat. To yeah, add, to give yeah to give that threat and weight to it. Right. But yeah, once Grey Worm and the Dothraki sail back across the, the narrow sea, I find it I would find it hard to believe that one they would ever return, mm-hmm. uh, considering considering how difficult it was to get them to cross in the first place. And the Dothraki never crossed the sea until Daenerys Targaryen. So I think that's where people have some of that some of that issue with that is I, I we definitely had ravens. Um, and actually, I think we we actually have one one right here, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and read this because it okay. kind of ties in as well so uh, this is from Lady Amanda, hi guys just started listening to the podcast right before season eight started, just wanted to say I'm confused about what everyone thinks John was sent to the Night's Watch, I mean yes that's what they say but do people really think that wasn't his sibling's scapegoat to make sure he gets to live north of the wall I think he's going to be the new king beyond the wall or simply a wildling free to do as he pleases <laughs> Uh, thanks for the great podcast. So exactly. I think Lydia Manda kind of hits it hits it right on the head. There is John's punishment to the wall isn't really a punishment. There's mm-hmm. not really a Night's Watch, which is what he even says. There, yeah, there's there, the, what else what is left to what is left to fight. So John basically just gets to. Well, I mean, go north and, and, and live free, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's in he's in service to the Night's Watch. But yeah, like like I think one of the other uh, mentions there from from uh, Lady Amanda is that you know Sansa could see him. You know, from time to time, uh, Benjen would come down and and see his brother uh, and his his nieces and nephews in Winterfell, and he's in the Night's Watch. So yeah, there is more more, more of a freedom there. He just has to be in service to the Night's Watch and,
1: and do his duty. But well, uh, the the other thing I think is that. So who controls the wall and beyond at this point? Is the king still in charge of the wall? Because the North is now an independent Oh, that's a good point. Nation. That's a good point. The North with the North being an independent nation, I find it hard to believe that they would say, "Well, we control the wall, this this one area just north of this independent nation that is mm-hmm. as large as our now six kingdoms." Yeah, right. So Well, I I can't I can't imagine that they would still have any say over it. There is also an enormous hole in the wall. Uh, (laughs) So, again, I think I think it's also possible that Bran being able to see everything he can see would would understand that, Okay, with this enormous hole in the wall that we're probably not going to rebuild, considering the north now is the thing standing between us and that. Mm -hmm. It would be kind of up to the north to take care of. And so the best thing to do would be send a John, John Snow who can lead them and make them a much more civilized people Mm -hmm. to where they don't need to ride south and raid anymore. And there's, there's no longer a threat. There's no longer a threat of the white walkers. So. Right. Yeah. uh, And, and we see the grass growing. So it is possible that all that, winter and stuff isn't going to be there anymore. we know that it's possible the, the land of winter didn't exist until the children of the forest created the white walkers. Even if you go back to a world of ice and fire, the, the dawn age, it's, it's kind of unclear. Um, because we know that the land of the land of always winter comes. It It's mentioned after we talk about the children of the forest and the giants. So, It is entirely possible that when they created the White Walkers, when in the show, when they show the scene of when the Night King is being created, it's in a grassy field. And then it's the same it's the same spot that we see much later, and it's all covered in ice and snow. So what I'm saying is that it's possible that the land that the the winter and on all the snow is is over time going to go away because it was possible that it was the White Walkers who were the ones controlling the fact that there was snow there. When you Watch the scene where the White Walker is created. The um, the Night King is is created. Mm-hmm. He's created in a grassy field and okay. then they show that spot later and it's all covered in ice and snow.
0: Yeah. OK.
1: OK. And so- I think that I think that's what that that where you see that seed of grass, right? The Just the one little blade at blade of grass or the, the plant or mm-hmm. as John's riding by is to show you oh no it's gonna it's gonna grow and be different here okay gotcha yeah I mean that
0: right so I b- back though then to like at this council why at some point if John is who he is the Targaryen that he is do they not bring him back or or, or free him from his exile I guess or you know what I mean like is there not mm-hmm. another way to get around that
1: well when you've got gray worm standing there saying you need to decide to do something i think the last thing they could go with would be to choose john as king
0: we get sure i I just mean after the fact like like is is maybe you know do you do something afterwards i i I get saying well we're gonna i don't know because once he sails away i guess it's like you know honor going back on your word that kind of thing not wanting to upset them if they hear well john's free running around (laughs) And
1: well, well, that you also have you 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 have opposing sides at that council. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, Yara is not very happy that they killed Daenerys.
0: True, that's true. Yep, yep So true. it's
1: not it's not just the Unsullied. There's also lords uh, of of Westeros who are who are not are not pleased with Jon's actions as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it's good. And point.
1: they and they and they they willingly choose Bran as a as a group to. I don't. To then just turn it over to John, mm-hmm. I, I don't think would be a, a guy who doesn't even want it anyway. Well, yeah, I don't even mean to
0: turn, turn it over to him as, as, as king. I, I didn't really mean that. I just meant like... You just mean
1: to cancel his air quote punishment.
0: Well, when you, when you go to the wall, I mean, you can't supposedly, you can't have children. You can't, you know what I mean? You're not supposed to father any children. I don't know if the, we don't even know if the vows are also the same, but that, how does that Targaryen line continue? Is is my it question? Might not. Yeah, it, it might not. It, it ends with him. I, he's he's the last, I guess. So I, it just it just made me think that you you would be as a great council, you would be thinking about that. Maybe you don't want the Targaryens. Maybe you just do want him to go away and and be and that to be the end. Uh, so he ends up like an Aemon Targaryen, you know, an Aemon uh, Maester Aemon, years, you know, super mm-hmm. old. Who knows uh, up up at the Wall or something? But I don't know. I just thought there'd be. There's there's something to him being the last Targaryen that we know of, and uh, it's it's odd that we yeah. wouldn't do something else to kind of keep to to punish him in some way. Um, I don't know. Well, to bring see, and, back. and
1: like you know, this is uh, with the books. You know, we're we're speculating. We have to speculate at this point about what we saw in the show and and will it will it play into when I when we think about will it play into the books hmm. Because I think they have a they got a very abridged version of Gers plan.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it's it's possible you uh, you and I know from from being book readers, as I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do. And for those of you new people, uh, one of the one of the characters we're going to be talking about in our uh, show watchers guide to the books is a character named Val. Who it seems very likely that Jon Snow's about to have a relationship with a, a, another Wildling woman, who a, a lot of people theorize may even be a Targaryen herself. There may be mm-hmm. some Targaryen blood there because it's she has very distinctive features,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: uh, well, like, like kind of a, a a blonde, a blonde hair, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's a big theory, right, is, is, is Val a Targaryen. But it does at least seem like there's about to be a John val relationship of some sort. So what yeah, so if Val in the books is still north of the Wall and John getting sent north of the Wall means he has a relationship with her?
0: Hmm. Yeah, it, it, that would be kind of one of one Well, and again, even in the show, regardless, if he does just become king beyond the Wall, I mean, then he just... <laughs> Foregoes his vows and says, "I'm going to mm-hmm. turn into the Second Man's raider, and I'll have kids and the Targaryen. It's just ice dragons now. Now they're ice dragons <laughs> north of the wall, right? So, so, yeah, that could still that could still happen. And you're right. I mean, it's definitely in the books. I think we're going to have more Targaryen players and bastard Targaryens, and uh, you know, all that, all that, all that stuff, possibly, right? So we're still theorizing, anyways, about all of that. So.
1: yeah Yeah. um okay let's uh we have one last raven here since i kind of uh read lady amanda's uh during lady uh selena's uh kiera trey hey quick follow up uh for follow up Friday but now we're just uh, Putting him at the end of our, our reread here Been listening to your podcast still trying to catch up And just got done listening to the young griff First Jon Snow for fall off uh, we episode We did on follow up Friday mm-hmm. was wondering Your thoughts on a possibility that Jon Snow is a uh, is a Targaryen and so is young griff And maybe the three heads of the dragon are Jon Danny and Griff thanks again So that's in, mm-hmm. the, in the books right uh, Will we see Jon Young Griff and Danny Come together yeah,
0: so possibly. Um, let me think here. So, so the idea that John and Young Griff are both uh, Targaryens. The the thing that when when Quaithe says to beware like the Mummer's dragon, uh, we've always mm-hmm. kind of wondered who that who that false dragon is, and it seems to be Young Griff. There's other candidates as well, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm kind of that would be interesting. I guess if they both were. Targaryens, you'd have to ask yourself which, uh, so if he really is Aegon Targaryen, he's Rhaegar's son. If young Griff is is that, um, then Jon is also his Rhaegar's son, but just through Lyanna, if that makes sense. And, and I believe that young Griff is kind of um, ID'd as being a bit older in the books, correct? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, so yeah, I, I mean, it's possible. It's certainly poss- possible. They don't really yeah. say. It's it's based on what what Tyrion, just his description of of him and the way he looks, uh, seems like he might be slightly older, and that would be necessary. That would be necessary if if, if young Griff were Aegon, uh, Targaryen, and then Jon would be what we believe was is Jaehaerys right, a, a Jaehaerys Targaryen perhaps or, or something. Right. Uh, born to Lyanna Stark and and Rhaegar Targaryen, so yeah, that could be the case. There could be three heads to, to, to the dragon uh, in in that way. Um, you know, I think John's heritage will be revealed closer to the end. Maybe I mean, my my, my my big question has been when after I've seen the show, like, what's the point of of his uh, you know him being a, a, a Targaryen?
1: I don't know. It just it's so well going I'd, I'd say I'd say uh, going off the show I think th- the point would be to cause if it goes down similarly mm-hmm. to cause a rift between John and Danny mm-hmm. but yeah uh, one of the things we've taught we talk about is but with the, with the difference between the books and the show is a lot of characters are merged a lot of storylines are are blended together Uh, Since they there's so many characters that just aren't introduced from the books. And it is entirely possible that John and Danny don't
0: romantically
1: get involved. Right. And it's possible that young Griff and Danny do or young Griff and Danny fight each other. Well, Um, I'm starting to wonder about the whole three heads of the dragon thing. If if we assume things from the show happen in the books Mm-hmm. And think that it may be another one of these situations where a prophecy is wrong—that mm-hmm. the three heads of the dragon doesn't necessarily coincide with the Azor high prophecy, and that they're two different things. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the prince, the prin- the prince or, or princess, perhaps who was, who was promised. Um, if it's if it does end up being Danny, then the Azor high and the three heads of the dragon are those are two, those are two different prophecies. A lot of people think they go together. Um, but they're two different things. Yeah, because Danny does have three dragons, and three heads to her being a, a dragon, and so it's it's possible. What if that isn't actually a Azora High prophecy and a the ultimate enemy? If if it does come down similarly in the in the books that Danny, it comes down to Danny versus John. Yeah. So. Yep. So. Okay. Um, you know or perhaps you know you can look at it if that with drogon melting the iron throne drogon is you go that route too, where danny is azor hide she create forges lightbringer and it's and lightbringer is drogon which we've talked about we've had people send us theories about that as well and drogon destroys the iron throne breaking the thus breaking the wheel
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we'll have to come back to the 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 whole three heads of the dragon that that's um gosh there th- there's a lot to that and as as you say uh sir matt there's there's kind of do we separate that from right uh, is is it is it, it's it's its own thing how is it interworked with the other prophecies is a little bit complex right. because yeah.
1: because uh, uh because High exists well before the the original Azor High exists way before um you know during the original battle against against the white walkers where they they pushed them back um and you know and thinking about that i'm starting to think i don't think they defeated the white walkers i think they just pushed them back and then the wall was built after that
0: mm-hmm.
1: what is with, yeah. is what i'm is what I, is what i'm starting to think because i i think that's how you i think i think you do have to in the story, defeat them, defeat them, and I think that's what happened. I think the Night King was defeated. I think that they somehow pushed them back before, mm-hmm. and and then the wall was built. It's the World of Ice and Fire book is so, you really got to take a lot of it as a grain of salt. I mean, it it in there are certain chapters where it contradicts itself, right, with the tellings of Maester andal and Mushroom, and we and it and then it's. It's it's contradicting itself. So that's always been a thing about that that book and the history. So it is yeah. possible that the wall was built in response to them pushing back the White Walkers. But that doesn't mean they defeated them. So if that's the case, then the whole Azor high three heads of the dragon thing, totally two different things. They could be together. I think so many people want it to work together because we all believe that Jon Snow is Azor Ahai and it just, Oh, so it's, we've heard of this prophecy too. And we're kind of pushing them together because it makes the most sense.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and just for, for summary here, because again, we, we are trying to be conscious of, of folks who are coming from just watching the show and then coming into the books a little bit here. So in the house of the undying, uh, Danny sees several scenes, right? So, uh, which appear to be from the past, some from the present, some from the future. And, uh, it's there's some graphic stuff. There could be some visions of maybe the red wedding, uh, etc. But she does glimpse um, in this the fourth room uh, when when she goes into the fourth room. There it appears to have, have shown her uh, Ares just before his death and the sack of King's Landing. Uh, the fifth room finally shows a man very much alike her brother Viserys, except that he is taller. And has eyes of dark indigo rather than lilac. He is speaking to a woman who is nursing a newborn babe, telling her that the child's name should be Aegon and saying that what name, what better name for a king? The woman asks if he will make uh, a, make uh, if he will make a song for the child and he replies that he has a song and that he. Uh, is the prince that was promised and this is and, he, and his is the song of ice and fire he appears to look at Danny then as if seeing her and then ad- and then he adds that there must be one more and the dragon has three heads so who is that third head so um you know you had uh, a um Rhaegar names his children right you've got Rhaenys uh Aegon and then I'm guessing, hoping he would have a daughter, maybe uh, Visenya, right? It's uh, possible, yeah. Possible. So clearly this vision revealed that Rhaegar saw his children as the fulfillment of the prophecy, especially when uh, you realize that he's named his kids after Aegon the Conqueror and his sisters, uh, or that he was attempting to. So, yeah, so Danny later comments um, that they're on, on there having been no Visenya. So she seems to, have understood Rhaegar's expectation of a second daughter. The prophecies of the prince who was promised seem to tie directly to the prophecy concerning Azor high and the coming of a dark time, which Melisandre speaks of in, um, often, all, all the time. Uh, Mr. Aemon reveals that Rhaegar at first believed he was the promised prince due to the burning of Summerhall on the day of his birth and the salt uh, of the tears for those who had died there. But that he then became convinced that it was his son Aegon who would fulfill the prophecy. Uh, most importantly, Rhaegar reiterates the idea that the dragon has three heads. If true prophecies must be fulfilled, and not all readers agree that this is the case, um, which is right. So a lot of these prophecies and things that we even from the show, like we're kind of like underwhelmed a little bit by by some of this. Uh, it seems that Danny must be that Daenerys must be one. Of those heads you know Amon when he's talking about is it prince or is it princess did we misread that uh there are some people who think that that Danny is is not necessarily the mad king's daughter so there are there are theories trust yeah, me they're out she's, there they're, she's on, they're on reddit daughter. yeah exactly uh which which is interesting um and if that's the case then then yeah if Aegon did survive and and it's sort of like you could have two boys and one girl. Yeah, it's just gonna be um, a little different. I was under the impression that Rainey's might have been uh, uh, the 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 Sphinx for a while until mm-hmm. until George Martin kind of came out and said that no, she really did die. And I'm like, are you are you lying to us? <laughs> Maybe she is Cirilla Sand or something. That's um, possible. So, anyways, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Martin stated that that Rainey's is definitely dead. So he, he said that, but also that the three heads need not be Targaryens. So he stated that before. That was in the same... So when he was talking about Rhaenys and saying that she was definitely dead, he also said that the three heads need not be Targaryens, which is interesting that he would... This, that's one of those so spake Martin type of things that, mm-hmm. that come up uh, every so now and uh, again. So I don't know. So there's some strong contenders out there um, for the three heads of the dragon... Uh, John and, and uh, uh, um, so the sons of Rhaegar and Lyanna or simply just Ned Stark's uh, bastard what, depending on, on which one he is Aegon, uh, Targaryen, Young Griff, Tyrion Lannister has been brought up uh, a lot of different things but yeah I just wanted people to kind of understand that it was Rhaegar and it was sort of this uh, House of the Undying where that vision or that um, prophecy kind of comes up and so we'll, we'll get there uh, eventually mm-hmm. in in the book club yep. but man it's it's Absolutely. confusing because why do you tie the two together Azora High and because Azora High is how, how like the Targaryens had nothing as far as we know to do with the the raising of the wall and and the
1: and the long night that was thousands of years right there's it. also there's also the last hero right yeah the last hero is, is exactly. another is another is another possible telling of it so um yeah, yeah I, I, we Go ahead. If we may need to do. It, we may need to do another, uh, especially as the prequel with the prequel coming out. That's going to change. I think a lot of stuff. I, um, and and provide provide another telling of of that stuff. In in the world of Ice and Fire, it's a companion book for those of you guys who don't who don't <laughs> we've we've mentioned it a couple times don't know what we're talking about. Um, it's a companion book. I highly recommend picking it up. It's it's really good. It has a really cool artwork. It's worth the like thirty dollars. I think it will cost you on on Amazon. Um, yeah, yep. but they it's a huge history of of the world of ice and fire, and it goes all the way back to like when when things were the, the early, early times. And so we pull a lot from this. I think it's like the second chapter called The Long Night. Yep. And it tells it's about two pages and it's very vague and it tells about when the White Walkers were originally defeated or pushed back. And that's where we kind of hear this Azora high Character name and you know For the longest time we he Comes up again in the second book Clash of Kings and that's where Melisandre is Thinks it's Stannis Baratheon He's going to be the one to lead us against uh, Against the darkness air quote mm-hmm. uh, He pulls from the He pulls from the the fire a Sword light bringer and this Is all far more Prevalent and uh, brought Up in the books than it really is In the show
0: Mm-hmm yeah yeah yeah. it's just we' we'll yeah we'll, we'll probably have to do another as you say another episode just on on how uh, mm-hmm. all the prophecies what are all the prophecies and what are right uh, how are they yeah kind of put together how do they weave together and, and how mm-hmm. some yeah this we is should stuff, keep this separate. Is stuff
1: definitely definitely check out our um, our upcoming uh, <laughs> a show watchers guide to the books uh, so it'll be a kind of a crash uh, a crash course. Uh, if you will, into a lot of the things that are, are are different in the books. I would say easily one of the biggest thing is um, magic and, and prophecies mm-hmm. are far more prevalent in the books. And I think that's why we've talked about it is the show is a Game of Thrones. And that's mm-hmm. that's their focus point. And the books series is a song of ice and fire. Absolutely, my friend. Um, mm-hmm. So um all right sir Ezra well I think that uh brings us to about the end of our show today uh we want to thank um a few people here Lady Mary Lady Hannah of House Flynn and Sir Anthony of House Vin who uh supported us on Kofi it's another way to, uh, to kind of support the show even if you uh, aren't necessarily interested in a monthly subscription on patreon we really really appreciate that and uh continue to send us our ravens we're going to be we'll keep going through a couple of those towards the end of our reread episodes here we have a ton more content coming out on patreon and uh continue the reread yep it's going to be exciting yeah
0: i'm really really looking forward to it and i'm really looking forward to getting through just game of thrones getting into the next mm-hmm. book
1: because it really picks up yeah so. absolutely we'll be that we'll be there i think we uh, mapped it out about september this one, mm-hmm. this one we dive into in classroom kings yeah so all right everyone well we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we will be discussing chapter 57 Sansa 5
0: if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com we will see you
1: in a week and remember that winter is coming